Hey everybody, it's Pastor Brian, and we just finished up Leadership One Day 2021. And as part of that event, we had some breakout sessions and they were just fantastic. So I asked all of our different breakout session leaders to come in and chat with me about what they shared at their session so that we could make that information available to all of you. So in this interview, I sit down with our Kidsway director, Ashley Dans, and our high school pastor, Cliff Woodward, to talk about how we can invest in the next generation. And they share some really helpful principles we can utilize in investing in young people and just investing in other people in our lives. So check out this interview. Well, hey, I'm here with Ashley and Cliff, and the two of you led a session at Leadership One Day 2021 on investing in the next generation, and you really leaned into some really helpful principles that I think are useful for investing in anybody as we're trying to help disciple them and and grow in Christ. Uh, But we're going to talk through some of these tools specifically and how they can be utilized in investing in the next generation. And Ashley, part of what you presented at your session was the idea that we can look to Jesus and look at the way that he lived his life and the things he prioritized. And that can help us in terms of prioritizing our own discipleship and how we invest in others. So language we like to use here around Bridgeway is we talk about how Jesus lived up in and out. So I want to talk about, uh, kind of break those th- three elements down. What the, what do they look like for us? How can we understand them when it comes to investing in the next generation? So first, uh, Ashley, talk to us about up. What, is, what does up mean in the context of kind of the life of Jesus and what can we learn from that? Yeah, up is uh, the relationship that we have with our father that Jesus had with his father, uh, God the Father. And a lot of that is the internal relationship that you have with the father and um, Mm -hmm. just ways of connecting with him. Obviously, when you think about connecting with God the father, you think about prayer, Um, but it's listening and having a good sense of the direction he's heading you in and having that connection to feel like I'm full and can step into this next day, this next moment in obedience with what he's called me to do. Um, And from that connection, we get filled with a kingdom identity and purpose so that we're not just trying to do good things that we've seen, you know, that we're told we're supposed to do, but actually doing what he's specifically called us to do. Another way of connecting with our father is digging into the word and letting him speak to us through uh, the Bible and scripture and worship. And when we think of uh, classical ways of connecting with God, you think of, you know, quiet times in the morning and your nice little like organic tea and sitting there and no kids and no stress. (laughs) Right. And it's funny because that's not a reality for most people And mornings. A lot of people like my husband, not a morning guy, like not great. And so we got to dig into, um, Parts of the book called Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas that talks about different ways of connecting to God and that that is a true relationship and it doesn't have to look like anybody else's relationship, um, but that you can connect with God walking out in nature. You can connect with God by serving. You can connect with God in Mm -hmm. so many different ways. And yes, we should be growing and maturing in some of the challenging ways that might be challenging the spiritual disciplines, but your relationship with God shouldn't look like anybody else's and your your deep your deep up relationship with him where you get your identity from is unique to you and your father. Yeah, and 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 like Pastor Brian said, this is modeled by Jesus. Yep. Um all of what we're going to be talking about today is modeled by Jesus. Uh so often in scripture and the gospel specifically, Jesus goes the extra hike. Yeah. <laughs> the extra 
walk to spend time with his father. Yeah. Um, and he did that all the time. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we referenced, we got to do that too. Yeah. We referenced uh, Luke 6 to uh, 12 when before Jesus went and picked his disciples, which we'll get into, Jesus went and took that hike, took a break and went and talked with his father. And we yep. also referenced John 15 about Jesus teaching about abiding. Like he yeah. didn't just do it. He taught on it. This is so important as um, Jesus, as our role model, Jesus as you know, the follow the leader, copy what he does. He taught about it really strongly, but he also lived it. And that's yeah. how he got his identity, his purpose, his up relationship with the father. Yeah. And just like anything else in our life, when we're talking about investing, developing the next generation, it starts with our up. Yeah. It starts with us starting with that relationship, starting with that communication with our father and uh, everything else falls in line after that. Well, and it's yeah. him discipling us too. Yeah. So it Absolutely. comes from that relationship so that we can model what he's done with us to yeah. pour into others. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that was going to be my next question. I was going to ask, <laughs> can you talk to us about how does up, what does up have to do with discipleship? And you just nailed Ooh, it. So, it. so yep. great job anticipating <laughs> uh, that question. That was fantastic. So, okay. So the next element is, is in, uh, Ashley, what does in mean? And, and what does that look like? In is here. It's Bridgeway. It's church. It's other Christians, the big C church, meaning all believers. Um, and specifically in your family, it can mean, um, um, those relationships and specifically here at Bridgeway and in relationships are modeled by Jesus with the disciples that he specifically chose and um, taught how to live, taught how to build the kingdom here on earth. Very intentional relationships, just like up, you have to be intentional with it. And in relationships are people that you choose, people that you know you have influence over and being intentional with those relationships. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, that's good. Um, Ashley, you broke down, you gave a really helpful kind of summary of what your in people need from you. And, and I think it's important to recognize, uh, you know, we use this language of in, and I think what you're talking about, certainly in the life of Jesus, it was his disciples in our own lives that are just people that we're close to and in relationship with. This doesn't, so this doesn't apply to like every single person we know, but it does apply to those who were, were close with. Can you just summarize kind of your four sort of broad categories of what you're, you're in people, those people that you're really in significant relationship with, what, what do they need from us? Yeah. yeah. Our in people, the ones that we have that influence that we have chosen intentionally to disciple, whether those are in our family, whether that's a small group at church, whatever, yeah that is, those people need a predictable routine. I have routine, prayer, role model, and cheerleader as my top four. Yeah, routine meaning it's on the calendar. You can predict it's coming. You can hold on to that thing you want to brainstorm, but they know that it's constantly coming and that is a source of uh, dependability and um, just constant contact that they know that they will have with you. And prayer, there is so many, so much that a person that you're discipling needs to be prayed for specifically by you, praying for different phases that they're in, praying scripture over them, protection, <clears throat> praying for their character. And you as a role model, you're in people, the people that are really you're dug into with, um, need you as a role model to help them see beyond themselves, some vision casting that you can help them, you know, look up above what they're doing, somebody they can ask real questions to, the weird, awkward ones that we all kind of have and don't really know who to yeah. talk to. But as a role model, you can ask that. And somebody that's role modeling self-care, morals in their own faith in a real, real life stand. Um, and... One of the most important ones, I think, is a cheerleader, somebody that's interested in what 
they're interested in, your, whatever your disciple, your, your in-person, be interested in what they're interested in because it gives you a bigger in into their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it deepens your relationship. It builds the confidence in who God's created them to be, no matter how weird the thing that they're interested in is. <laughs> um, being interested in it and accepting and encouraging them, they, um, they need that cheerleader in their life. That's that's great. Pastor Cliff, I want to go to you with to kind of unpack this a little bit further. You work with teenagers and we're yes, talking I about do. investing in the next generation. And I think for a lot of folks who want to invest in teenagers, whether it's their own children or uh, teenagers they might encounter at church, in the community, whatever, I think a lot of people just are saying, hey, I'd love to make a positive difference. I just don't even know how. Yeah. How, what what are either of the things that Ashley shared or maybe some other, other elements do, do teenagers need most if they're going to be people who you're really developing these types of in relationships with where there can be trust so that you can point them towards Jesus and develop them and, and, and see all those things happen. I think one of the biggest things, if you're a parent of teenagers or you just care about teenagers, is um, giving them an example of what it looks like to be in a relationship with Jesus. Um, giving yeah, them an example um, is really important. I think, uh, you know, we know when kids are around one or two, they just really start um, gleaning what parents are saying. And so parents yeah. have to really watch what they're saying around them. Yeah. Uh, that's the same when they're 16, 17, 18. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. listening to you. They're, they're watching and seeing what you're doing when you're praying, when you're not praying, um, all, all those types of things. And of course, we don't want to have a relationship with Jesus just so that we can model it for our kids, sure. right? We want it for ourselves. But I think it's really important for us to do that um, and really set an example and be that role model. I think that's probably one of the biggest pieces when we're talking about teenagers. Yeah. Uh, because teenagers have so many different influences in their life. And as a parent, you're the, you're the major discipler of yeah. that teenager. And so they have school, they have social media, they have all these other things that are going on in their life. It's like, what are you communicating through your actions and through your words that's going to encourage them to pursue uh, a, a life of Christ too. But yeah, like authentically really though, like yeah. not because uh -huh. kids can see through as just like we can see through <laughs> that fakey fake, like yeah. do as I say, not as I do kind yeah. of jam. Yep. And so when things are hard, when things are stressful, that's most when they need to see you clinging to Jesus. Absolutely. Most when they need to see you processing through, I am super mad at God right now. I yeah. don't understand why this is happening, but they need to see you and know how to turn to God during the hard times Yeah, and, and in an authentic way. Yeah. And being vulnerable is really hard yes. for us. Yep. It's really hard for us, but uh, teenagers love that stuff. Yeah. They really do. Yeah, no, that's man, that's really good, and and certainly the the authenticity part of that is is just critical because, yeah. like you said, Ashley, I think I think young people are especially attuned to this, and adults are as well, but young people especially, they can sniff out a fake a mile away. And at yeah. the end of the day, we all know you don't reproduce what you say; you reproduce who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and that's really what what matters most. So, um, so that's up and in our relationship with God, and then kind of developing those those internal uh, relationships. Obviously, critical where we can disciple and be discipled, grow in our faith, have kind of Christian community. Uh, then there's out. What does is, what is out mean and what, is that, what does that look like, Ashley? Yeah, out was kind of our mission, what we're supposed to do um, with the world, with unbelievers, with the hurting, the sick, the needy, the poor, just the community at large, and just knowing that we need to have all three in our lives. That's not as much of a discipleship kind of area, but it was 
part of how Jesus modeled his life and to leave that out is to leave out a big piece of the Christian walk and Mm -hmm. doing out with your in, (laughs) if that makes (laughs) sense. So taking, taking the people that you're in, um, in discipleship relationships with and going out into the world to evangelize, to talk about Jesus, to model Jesus, to do those things organically with the hurting world is vital to um, vital to how Jesus lived his life and what we're called to do as his followers, as yeah. his disciples. Yeah, yeah, that's good. yeah, totally. And for a lot of us, this is this is hard. Um, out is not something a lot of us are naturally <laughs> something we naturally do, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what's something interesting. Ashley just mentioned. I want to emphasize is that Jesus tells us through His life and through Scripture that we need all three of these things to yeah. be fully together, right? Yeah. And some of us we have seasons where we're really great at up. We go up to God and we're like, yeah, yeah, Lord. But then others of us we are very bad at that or we're really great at having those intentional relationships and are in but we don't know how that works without and so just finding that rhythm of life and knowing okay i need to focus a little bit more on my out right now or focus a little bit more on my in or my up or or even help somebody else through their up season where they're like i i don't feel like god is anywhere in my life like i need help you can encourage them through that through that process but it's kind of like our we're physical beings we're emotional beings we're spiritual beings right yeah it's it's not one or the other it's and both. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, all three are, are, are critical. And so here's a question I'd, I'd like to kind of ask both of you. We'll start with you, Ashley, and go, then go to you, Cliff. We, we talk about out, and and typically when we speak of kind of your out relationships, it's evangelism. It's, okay, who are people who maybe are far from God, who you're trying to share Jesus with, and, and all of that. And and that's all true. That's all absolutely correct. Um, I, I think there's also an element of out that is teaching our our kids and teenagers, how to engage the world around them kind of outside of Christian spheres and what that looks like. I think that a lot of parents have a lot of concerns about, okay, how is the culture, Mm -hmm. however we would define that, how is the culture influencing my young person? Um, So I guess here's my question. How can we utilize experiences maybe out in the world where our children or our teenagers or us as a family or us as a broader community are facing up with values that might clash with our own? How can the, what kind of opportunities for discipleship can, can we find in those types of experiences? Yeah, it's uh, it's the whole like in the world, but not of the world. You don't want to be in a little Christian bubble where they go off to college and just like <laughs> freak out. Everything's yeah. scary and horrible or whatever, whatever scenario that is. But it's it's that authenticity that I hit back on. When you see stuff going on, you need to address it in an in an age appropriate level, but a- acknowledge what's going on and help educate it and help them see where God is in it, where God is helping, where God's people, where the kingdom is within the struggle, within the culture, because we need we need to be in the world. That's what we're called to do as Christians, to be an influence, to be involved in the hurt and the sick and the pain, um, and to, to bring hope and speak hope and be peacemakers in all of those situations and to see those as opportunities. And some of the areas, yeah, we need to protect kids from, but it's, it's, at an age appropriate level, what they can, what they can experience, what they can understand, but not shying away from that stuff. Yeah, no, that's good. How about you, Cliff? Yeah, two words that come to mind. Uh, first is truth, and second is hope. Hmm. Hmm, that's um, good. And what I mean by that, I'm I'm picturing you know a teenager walking on a high school campus, and that morning their dad, their mom was like, "Hey, you're probably following the Lord, unlike a lot of people on your campus." 
Um, and that's awesome. And you have an opportunity to bring light in the darkness, mm-hmm. right? Not not bringing all of the, like it all falls on them, but just sure. giving them an opportunity of, hey, yeah. this is the truth, but there's hope in that because you have something different that the Lord has set you apart for. Yeah. And that's cool and that's exciting. So now you have an opportunity. Yeah. So bringing, being truthful with your students, but also bringing hope as well. And there's a lot of these conversations that we've talked about in our podcast called Engaging Parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about so many different things. So if, if you want more details on this specific mm-hmm. topic, go to yeah. that one. There's some, there's a lot of good stuff. Shameless on the, plug. Engaging Parenting Podcast. <laughs> Shameless plug for a very high quality product. So we're, we're, <laughs> we're good with that. So, okay. So there was Up In and Out, which is uh, just such a helpful discipleship tool. Uh, and in the next part of your session, you talked about another kind of discipleship tool we've utilized here at at Bridgeway, uh, Pastor Cliff, it was uh, the square. So can you talk to us about the way that you presented the square and what the heck, for those who have no familiarity with it at all, kind of what is it and how is it useful for yeah, us? Yeah, so um, just kind of taking a, a bird's eye view for a second. We're going to take the in that Ashley just talked about um, a few moments ago, and we're going to dive into that a little bit more. And uh, in, in our session, I talked about um, something called the, the, the discipleship square, um, and just picture a square in your mind. That's literally what we're going to be <laughs> be going through. And it, it's a helpful tool on how to disciple and encourage the next generation to grow into their full potential as a follower of Jesus. And uh, it really, if, to me, I, I've experienced this in my own life. It's helped me grow and it's going to help the next generation grow as well. Yeah. And so how it works is you kind of start in one corner, top left, and you go all, all around the circle. Square. Um, and you square. square, square. Did I say circle? Yeah. circle. You had that's one confusing. Job. Come on, Cliff. Circle, <laughs> circle does not have corners, so that doesn't make sense. There we go. Um, no, but so the first first uh, corner of this square is is called D one, um, and this is where um, I, I use an analogy for this entire square. And the analogy is: imagine a mom is teaching their twelve year old how to cook a quesadilla. Okay. Very, very important. Life very, skill. very important life skill. Absolutely. You know, quesadillas are the are the best, but you can burn them pretty easily. You can, and they don't taste good that way. Nope. So, um, in order to help your twelve year old cook a quesadilla, first they got to know what they're doing. And so, in D one, this is where it's coined. I do, and you watch. So this is where the mom really just does the whole prep work and the cooking of the quesadilla, and the twelve year old is sitting at the table watching their mom at work. Okay. Um, probably on their phone, let's be honest, scrolling through Instagram or something. Um, but they're sitting there and watching their uh, their mom cook their quesadilla. In Mark chapter one, we see Jesus do this with the disciples where they're out in the boat and they're like uh, just doing their thing. And Jesus is like, hey, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And the disciples are like, that sounds weird. I'm good. Um, but they, but Jesus is like, hey, come, uh, let me show you what this is all about. Let me Let me teach you. And they just started watching and following Jesus. And in order for us to build up the next generation, again, like I said before, it starts with giving them opportunities to see what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's D1. Yeah. What is What does this look like, Ashley? Your work is obviously with children. You're a mom of little ones. What, what kind of opportunities are there for, for D1 in the life of a, a parent? I know there are a lot, but what, maybe some examples that come to mind. I think 
modeling a, a quiet time, modeling looking at your Bible, modeling um, going to church, just kind of the routines that we have, modeling um, being a good friend and like how you want them to talk, how you want them to engage with others. It's it's you showing them how to kind of engage with the world with when Jesus is an influence in your life. Yeah. And I wanted to point out too that this is a, uh, everybody needs a Paul and a Timothy in their life. Yeah. You need somebody that's that in relationship, somebody that's discipling you and somebody you're pouring into as part of this. And this is that Timothy, like in depth, intentional discipleship kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had this little phrase, it's not mine, but when we talk about D1, um, that discipler is kind of, it, it has enthusiastic incompetence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge, that's a huge point to, to, yeah. to recognize when you're in that stage. Okay. So there's and you're developing somebody in that level, right? There's a lot of enthusiasm, but yep. they don't know what they're doing. They don't know right? what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think that's called being a teenager. Is that yeah, right? I that's think cool. so. Yeah. I think that's okay. It. So, so step one, enthusiastic incompetence, or just sitting at the table scrolling Instagram while mom makes the quesadilla. Exactly. All right. How do we grow beyond that? What's what's yeah? What's D2? So moving around on the square, we uh, the next one is D two, which is I do, you help. So uh, the student is no longer sitting at the table watching you make the case quesadilla. Next time they're standing next to you and they're helping a little bit. So maybe they're they're putting cheese in the quesadilla or they're flipping it once or something. You're still in control of the quesadilla. You're in yeah. control of the burner, making sure <laughs> nobody you know burns themselves. Yeah. But um, you're still in control. But the student is still helping and has some sort of interaction mm -hmm. in that process. Yeah. And so whether that be reading your Bible, prayer time, or literally maybe cooking in general, or doing their chores, or you know making their bed or something like that. You're in charge, but you're inviting them into the process. Yeah. And when we're talking about the square, D2 is probably one of the toughest um, spots to be in, probably the most difficult stage. And uh, a lot of people who talk about the discipleship square talk about this D2 pit. And so in D1, we talked about enthusiastic incompetence. And then you get to D2 and they start actually putting their hands into what this idea is. And they yeah. realize it's not as easy as they thought it was, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, for myself in ministry, I, I was excited when the Lord called me in youth ministry. But when I started getting into a D2 stage in my leadership, I found out, man, this is way harder than I wanted it to be. Yeah. And I thought to myself, like many other teenagers have thought in their whole life is why am I doing this? Yeah. This this doesn't make a lot of sense. And for you as, as a discipler, as the person who's leading this young person or somebody who's younger than you through the D2 pit, two things, I talked about this in our session, that um, that discipler needs is grace and vision. Yeah, mm, um, that's good. It's, it's very important because um, I use this analogy where maybe the student it, it takes the cheese and throws it so far away from the from the burner. Like you're thinking to yourself, what are you doing? The cheese goes in the quesadilla, not outside. It's not yeah. on the floor. Now I have to clean that up later, <laughs> right? But they don't know any, any better because they're not used to it, right? So yeah. giving grace in that scenario, but also casting the vision of, hey, this is what we're trying to do. Let's get back to the foundation of what we're trying to do here. And we want to get the cheese inside the quesadilla, not outside. There we go. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, well, and I think that level of, yeah, sort of, uh, instruction with grace, right, yep. is is really really important. Ashley, how how important is it as a parent to kind of seek out those types of moments with with a with a child to be able to invite them in? Because I think a lot of times as parents, it's just like, okay, I'll just handle it. This will be exactly. faster. It'll be easier. Yes. Why is it important to look for those opportunities to involve our children, whether it's 
maybe it is some sort of discipleship practice, or maybe it's just making a quesadilla. Why is that important? Yeah, they need a lot of access to our lives and having those intentional, like thought out, this is where I can help teach you in an area you're interested in. So you can use your skills for good and not evil. Like you see, (laughs) you see these like little like glimpses into their future of what you might be good at. And you got to catch that early and help steer it in the right direction before they they start getting a little sideways with it. But they just need that access to your life and your intentionality to like see that little glimmer of something fun and interesting in them to help guide them into doing it for the kingdom ultimately is kind of what we're all created to do. Yeah, totally. And like that access. And this is such a hard, like, just I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And having the, mm-hmm. the, them to know like this is going to be a hard phase and the vision casting like you're saying to be able to know okay this is this is how I'm going to teach you how to do it first you're first you're going to watch me and I'm not going to give away the other corners of your <laughs> circle square <laughs> but like to know that this is we are going to go through a hard phase where you're going to practice and you're not going to be super great at it but that's how this goes and that's how life goes and being able to coach them through failures and not everybody gets a trophy <laughs> like you have to work towards things to get better at it. Yeah. And I, it's such a valuable and horribly hard stage <laughs> to just kind of not power through, but let it be hard yeah. so that it's more rewarding so that there's more learned and God has more of an opportunity to shift and shape their heart for the future. Yeah. And anything in your life, just talking about you personally, whoever's listening to this right now, it's way easier to learn something when somebody's somebody else is with you when somebody else yeah. is helping you, when somebody yeah. else is cheering you, you on, cheering you on yeah. and, and holding your hand. And it's like, if we just step away and don't help, then there's no way to build up the next generation. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's so good. That's, that's so good. Absolutely. So D1, I do, you watch sitting at the table, scrolling on Instagram, mom makes quesadilla. <laughs> yep. D2, put the phone down, come on over. Mom's in control of the burner and everything else, getting all the ingredients. Yep. Kids throwing throwing cheese. Who Everywhere. Knows, who like knows confetti. where. Right? But it's, but it's I do, you help. Yep. Mm-hmm. So take us to step three. Yeah, so D3, this is I help, you do. So where, where, where this one happens is now the student is in charge, right? Um, they're doing everything. They decide what they want for the quesadilla, they turn on the burner, all those things. And you're there making sure they do everything safely and they do everything right. Um, and if they pick the wrong cheese or the burner's up too high, you you maybe lower it a little bit, you get the right cheese. But ultimately they are in charge. Um, yeah. And uh, we see this in John 15 where Jesus, one of the best passages ever talking about um, how he's the vine where the branches, but later on he talks about how he's like, look, I trust you guys. And because I trust you know that I'm here because I'm the vine, but also know that you can go out and do your own stuff. Yeah. Um, that's my interpretation of what he says. That's yeah. the cliff notes. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but this is where the, the student is growing in their confidence, right? Yeah. So they went through the D2 pit. They went through this, this area of their uh, discipling journey where they're like, man, I don't know what I'm doing, but finally they're building up confidence. You put them in charge and you're like, hey, I believe in you. They have more input now. And so they're growing growing in their confidence. Yeah. And now they're like, maybe maybe I can do this. You yeah. know, like maybe I can do this. And and um, it's, a, it's a really fun stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Really fun stage. <laughs> yeah. So there's some risk involved there as, yeah. a, as a parent or as an yep. older person. Uh, Ashley, how do you... 
I mean, there, there. We, boy, we could spend a lot of time unpacking this. There are a lot of different elements that that I think give us some hesitation when it comes to really kind of putting young people in charge or giving them opportunities to really truly lead. How do you get over that as an adult or uh, a parent or whatever the case may be? You kind of, you know, test the waters out with things that aren't as big of a risk. And you'll be amazed to see, and we, we like to call it like spirit led. <laughs> I use quotes, but like that's what's happening. Yeah. That kid has the same Holy Spirit that we do. It's the same amount of power and God is going to use them in mighty ways the sooner they are open to it, the sooner they're obedient to what the Spirit is saying. And yes, the Spirit uses you to kind of help guide, help prompt them, but they have their own individual relationship with God and helping them tap into that, learn how to function within that and thrive in that is, is what (laughs) <laughs> what we're called to do as disciplers, as parents, spiritual parents, yeah. and um, starting with low risk things and building up your confidence as a discipler um, and your little disciple like, okay, we accomplished that thing. Let's go try more things. But then seeing the fruit come from it and the their creativity, their spin that you couldn't even have imagined happening, it's grown past what you even thought was going to happen. God called yeah. you and you answered in obedience to do your part, but God has something bigger planned than you even know. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of times where you're in D3 and then you realize, man, they're not ready for D3. Totally. <laughs> they go yeah. back to D2. Yep. Um, yeah. And that's, what's interesting about the square is there's not necessarily a specific timeline yeah. um, in whatever scenario you're in. And so you just have to figure it out as you, as you go along, depending on the personalities, depending on who's in charge, who's, you know, who's listening and whatnot. And so, and there's no winning or losing here. There's not like you're supposed to be doing this a certain way. Yeah. It seems like as you're investing in, in, in younger people, there has to be some willingness to kind of maybe move back and forth a little bit between D3 and D2 Mm -hmm. and to have the discernment to recognize when's that, when that's necessary. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes we make the wrong decision. We're like, man, you are not ready for that. I've had, I've done that in, in my own life. I mean, I have, I've, I've had interns first meeting I have with every intern as I take them through the square, I'm like, this is how I'm going to lead you. And there's times where I've brought an intern into D3 and they were not ready mm. and we suffered the consequences, <laughs> uh, which is not a bad thing, but it that's part of life. And that's yeah. how, how do we, how do we grow the next generation uh, by taking risks and understanding when, when, where we need to grow? Yeah, no, that's good. So, all right. So fourth side of the square yes is now mom sitting at the table on instagram or yeah. what's, what's yes mom here? is now sitting at how the, does this work <laughs> bring me table. my food <laughs> yeah mom's hungry she's tired she's had a long day she wants to you know like some of her friends posts i don't know um but then uh the student is at the burner you know got the ingredients out the trees cheese the tortilla you know whatever they want it and they're doing everything yeah um and you know, it's I celebrate, you do. That's yeah. that's the wording. And I love this one because not only is mom scrolling on Instagram, but she's also being like, good job. She's yeah. also being like, man, I'm proud of you. Yeah. That's so exciting. Like th- this is where the discipler becomes, a, well, disciple lead becomes a discipler, mm. <laughs> right? And so maybe they want to show their younger siblings what it looks like to make a quesadilla, right? Yeah. Um, or, or something like that. And th- this is where, this is a true fun stage at, yeah. no matter where you're at. Cause you're like, man, we put a lot of hard work in and man, it's been years <laughs> for me to make a quesadilla, but finally I am confident to make a quesadilla. Or, yeah. I thought you'd never get there, <laughs> but yeah. you finally are. And, um, I said this in our session. I think what's really important about this stage is 
the encouragement piece, the praising piece, the, yeah. the celebrating piece, where what does it look like for us to actually encourage the young, younger generation, whether it be teenagers or somebody who's five, two years younger than us, you know, yeah. and being like, man, I, I want to celebrate your wins. I want to encourage you in what you're doing and the growth that you've had rather than just pointing out all the flaws that they have. I think our next generation is going to be built with a stronger confidence and foundation when the older generation is like, I believe in you, (laughs) you know, um, I, and I want to celebrate you. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's, that's really well said. And that D4 stage, kind of like you said, it's, it's, it's very gratifying when, when you're able to see somebody get to that point, but yeah. I mean, so much more so for for teenagers and for for children, you sort of see kind of the look on their face, the the totally. spring in their step when yeah. they realize, hey, we I got it, yeah, we yeah. we've got this, and yeah. and I guess just Ashley, as we we wrap up, would love to hear just kind of a, a last comment from you on uh, just. I think you have a unique spot in in the sort of Bridgeway ecosystem in just being over all of our children's ministries. And and you get to see children in different areas of spiritual development, kind of personal development and and all of that. And you do get to see moments where young Mm -hmm. people get to D4 in some different ways. And, And what is that like? So two questions. One, what is that like for you? And then two, how does that help motivate you through the more difficult times of leading a young person in D1 and D2 type spaces? Yeah, it's, I think <laughs> being in children's ministry, I'm super biased. It's the best ministry, the best place to be because you just see, you can see the growth. You don't, mm-hmm. adults, older kids, we all get trained to hide it a little bit better. <laughs> but a kid like, wait a minute, I don't have to be good for Jesus to love me. Wait a minute, like... <laughs> like figuring this stuff out. I can ask a friend to come to church with me. And that is like, that's a big deal. Like that's what God's called you to do. Oh, I can be exactly how God's created me to be. And that's being obedient to him. And that's what I'm supposed to be. Like, it's so, so super rewarding. And it is constant. It is every weekend and it's the most life-giving thing ever. So you want to talk about shameless plugs, come serving kids way. <laughs> if you need some life-giving. Yes, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's fantastic and so fun but it is yeah it is the best kids are the best and watching what God does and um, seeing their potential seeing what God has for them as they um, as they continue to grow is super cool yeah Yeah. that's awesome well hey both of you not only uh, do you teach these tools really well I know you live it out and these are a part of just your heart and your life every day as you guys invest in our our kids and teenagers so uh, man so many in our Bridgeway family appreciate you so much and I am certainly uh, among the foremost among them. So thank you for all that you do. Thanks for sharing your insights with us uh, today. Really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Absolutely. 